It's a Tuesday night where I am, and it could be a Tuesday night where you are. It could be raining, like it is here, and the sound of it pattering against the window could be relaxing. You could be sitting in a comfortable chair like me. I could be putting on an album from my collection, like you, and spinning it up right now. This is Mark's Music Collection. I'm Mark D, IT guy, dad, and generally bad nerd with limited music experience. Here I kick back and spin up old favorites out of my music collection. It's not a massive collection, but definitely enough to do a podcast about. These are all albums that I've purchased at no discount with no incentive for review. This is all me. CD, tapes, vinyl, even some digital albums. I've bought a few albums on Bandcamp that are completely worth talking about. This is the first episode of Mark's Music Collection, or episode zero, so we'll do a brief background on my musical tastes. Let's get this all out of the way ahead of time so you can really think about uh, what mean tweets to send me. I know some of the dates are wrong and the order of things may not be quite right. Uh, Truth be told, a lot of this was happening all at once. And it's clouded with uh, the fuzzy memory of childhood and the thundering maelstrom of adolescence that ends up making people who they are. It almost feels like I'm talking about a dream I had last night. It felt so real at the time, but it's all jumbled up and isn't coming together in a cohesive way, and I just can't remember that one important thing. As a kid, my parents played a bunch of different music around the house. I got into Queen, The Guess Who, The Beatles, Santana, and all types of other stuff from them. This is also outside of the various Latin artists that they listen to. I am aware of Latin music and even like a few songs and artists, but I don't really go out and listen to it, so I'm probably not going to be talking about them on this podcast. The radio was a big influence too. Where I grew up, Power 96 was THE radio station, so rap quickly became a thing for me. Uh, From what I can remember, Coolio's Fantastic Voyage single was my first ever CD. Warren G's Regulators was a tape single that my older sibling and I shared. We also had bootleg tapes of Snoop Doggy Dogg's Doggy Style, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, and others. West Coast rap was really a more developed discipline at the time, and the radio play made it farther than what was happening in New York. The South, while happening, hadn't really made, made it that far south, if you can dig that. Although I do still, to this day, have a DJ Uncle Al tape. Miami has its own sound, but it wasn't as huge as these other genres. Vanilla Ice was a thing, but there were other artists like DJ Laz and Two Life Crew that brought a certain uniqueness to the environment. In addition to that, freestyle music was massive in the area, and in some ways still is. A few years ago, I found that one of the radio stations had a freestyle lunch hour, and I tuned in specifically to hear it. This music would get some radio play too. We also had a famous pirate radio station, but it was probably famous for the wrong reasons. The DJs would incessantly yell over the music and would rarely, if ever, let you know what you were listening to. It was all rap, and it had bad words, so as a child, that was really awesome. My parents definitely did not want me listening to it. Uh, Zeta was a rock station in my area. Like the singular rock station. That's the situation they're in, from what I can recall in very vague and fuzzy retrospective, they played a lot of Enter Sandman, Guns N' Roses, and other stuff I also generally didn't like. They also had the Paul and Young Ron morning show, you may have heard of it. It made me hate morning shows. I was just trying to wake up and listen to some music before going to school. 
Zeta was first a classic rock station, but then switched to an active rock format. Quotation fingers. I don't know a lot about radio. I'm not an old radio guy or anything. So I looked up this term, and it basically means it's a selection of the most general and inane music that they can find. They don't use those words, though. Wikipedia says it's a quote-unquote popular mix of new hard rock songs with valued classic rock favorites, normally with an emphasis similar to mainstream rock and album-oriented rock on the hard rock end of the spectrum, end quote. They list a few examples, and Ozzy's Boneyard on Sirius XM is an example. This is a station that I have as a preset in my car because one out of ten times they'll play an awesome song that I didn't even know I wanted to hear. The rest of the time they'll play something I hate, although I've caught the station on a couple of hot streaks. At the same time, and shortly thereafter, there was a punk revival. <laughs> Green Day's Dookie changed my life. I was super into that. Some really good music came out around then. I was a self-proclaimed punk. Wasn't much of one, but I had the bands written on my Converse and my book bag, as if by listening to the same music I could instantly make a connection with someone. That didn't really happen. But I did expand my horizons. Meanwhile, Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, and other classics show up on my radar, but other than songs from Wayne's World, I wasn't really that captivated. I didn't have the life vocabulary to really dig into this music. Somewhere in here, I did get into the alternative and grunge scene in a big way. Filter Short Bus was on rotation quite a bit. Tools Anima. Stone Temple Pilots had several discs roaming around the house. Soundgarden Super Unknown was one of the CDs I took to my grandparents' house to jam out to over the summer. I was going into high school when I got put up on Outcast in a big way. Equipment I dropped in, it dropped on me like a ton of bricks. Uh, the artistry, the audacity. That was an awakening. It was an awakening of an entire region of the country. I had heard of Outcast before, and had heard songs by Outcast before, but this album was more than that for me. Shortly thereafter is Things Fall Apart by the Roots. These were artists whose songs stood up to scrutiny and examination. I started getting into their associated acts. No Limit was a thing around this time, but I found it to, upon closer inspection, be very shallow and very empty. Cash Money Records was revving up, and Juvenile's 400 Degrees was a very serious affair. It wore off, though. Uh, MTV's Total Request Live made sure that it was dead and buried. And I was okay with that, because by that time, I had found metal. I was introduced to metal in the most American of ways. Metallica, Megadeth. Slayer, Testament, Fear Factory, Nevermore. New metal was a thing, but I wasn't super about it. I listened to that first Disturbed album and a few others, but they didn't stick. Metal, in general, did, though. And then I discovered music on the internet. That opened new doors, and I was listening to Norwegian black metal, Gothenburg metal, and all types of other metal from all different places. The radio didn't play any of this, and that sucked. I went to college, working minimum wage and retail jobs. I got a job through a friend handling commercial sales and delivering said commercial sales in a small pickup truck. It was a stripped-down model and had air conditioning and a simple AM, FM radio with no cassette or CD player. found that I absolutely reviled every station that was available to me at the time 
except for the classic rock station, Big, and the oldie station, Magic. I took a deep dive into the rotation these stations played, as there were days that I was in the truck for hours. I was probably 20, so I had significantly more life experience to draw from, and I found that it helped me connect with the music even more. Pink Floyd's Time is still a song to this day that will chase the smile away from my face every time I hear it. Not because I don't like it, because I love the song, but because it makes me think of the passing of time, the frivolity with which I've lived my life. Heavy stuff like that will be lost upon a 10-year-old who can't even comprehend what 10 years later means. I started diving deeper into the music gone by, and my friends and I would actually make mix CDs and exchange them on a fairly regular basis. At one point, we were just making theme CDs and started making 80s theme CDs. We actually ended up with something like five or six discs of singles with no repeats. It was highly educational to be researching a time period in music to find the track that felt how you wanted this mix to feel at this particular time. Sadly, none of these survived that I am aware of. Some years go by. I say some because it feels like yesterday, but it's probably been 8 to 10 years. Post-punk revival was a thing that I participated in. Then post-rock. Post-rock was my next big mountain. Explosions in the sky. Caspian. Lights at sea. If these trees could talk. And post-metal, like Isis. Rosetta. Pelican. You'll be hearing all about these and others on this podcast. I steeped myself deeply in this for a while, and I've come out the other side potentially a better person. In this time, I took a broader view of music, including the varieties of music that I've already consumed and the history of music that I dug up, and developed a better appreciation for it. So this is me. The collection we'll be going through is a curation of all of these things that I experienced. It's not a wide representation. I'm not trying to pass myself off as some type of Jack Black and high-fidelity type. I'm not a snob, per se. Not that knowledgeable. I've never worked in a record store. time I was of working age, record stores were places of economic death where you could go to buy concert tickets. I didn't end up continuing to play an instrument because that became uncool during a very impressionable age. I kick myself every day for that. So I end up here with a somewhat amateurish viewpoint coming from a relatively narrow frame of reference. I'm not going to gush about how Sun O is a great band, because truthfully, I don't enjoy their music. Listening to their music sped up gave me an inkling as to what they were on about, but honestly, I haven't pursued it further. So it's an amateurish and, according to the internet, uneducated point of view from someone who may have a hard time accepting really highbrow music, someone unfit to work in a record store, or unfit to review music, someone who is fit to talk about the music he loves. I'm also the same guy that dabs at the end of the songs from Children's Toys. Children's Toys is not a band. I have a child, and he has toys that play music, and there's a couple where at the end a dab feels appropriate. If Pete Holmes didn't already have a line on the Dorky Dad gimmick, I would be after it. 
but I don't really have a choice, do I? This will be music that I've exclusively bought, music that affected me enough that I committed to it. It will rarely, if ever, be new. I'm not sure as to how I'm going to be selecting the music as to what mechanism I will be using to pick the next album. I'm thinking maybe I'll make a Google Drive document and just pick a random cell. Uh, I'll work that out. If you've listened to the pilot episode of Random Anime Tapes, you may have heard me drop some hot takes at the end. I think it's appropriate here. Hot takes incoming. If you're offended, please skip them. Guns N' Roses are way overrated. So are ACDC, Aerosmith, and Van Halen. Glam metal, glam rock is just awful, even if I do sing along to Bon Jovi songs. Lil Wayne is not a good rapper. Jay-Z should have stopped rapping many years ago. I literally do not understand the fascination with the Rolling Stones. George was the best Beatle, period. Weird Al is one of the most amazing talents to have lived. I do not require lyrics in my music. Sometimes, when I'm really depressed and hating myself, I put Sandstorm on repeat. That last one isn't true. But you can tweet some hot takes to me at CoolMarkD, Cool with a C, Mark with a K. This has been episode zero of Mark's Music Collection.